Please listen carefully. Well, hello, universe, and welcome to the Optimist Daily Update. I'm Christy Jansen. And I'm Summers McKay. And we are part of the team behind the Optimist Daily, making solutions the news. We bring you reader-supported solutions news every day in order to change the tenor of news media, social media, and the direction of your day to help us all get focused on solutions. Seven days a week, we publish positive news stories written by award-winning journalists and delivered online to your inbox and through our social channels. And also, we are sharing these solutions in a commute-worthy, walk-worthy, home office-worthy, gardening with your Barbies-worthy podcast. (laughs) Today is Thursday, the 2nd of June, 2022. Hello. Hi. Let's just get into it because you already talked about Barbies. I did. I cued it in. My relationship with Barbies is complex because when I was a kid, I loved Barbies. That was my thing. Mm. And me and my little girlfriends would save up our money, pool our money so Mm -hmm. we could buy things like the Barbie camper van or whatever. And we had this whole collection of Barbies that we would share. We were always fighting over the Ken dolls. Right. I mean (laughs) – Whatever it says about the the our our little girl psychologies raised in this patriarchal society, I don't know. But yes, there's issues with how Barbies are shaped and how it makes you want to be unrealistically skinny. I know that when I was a little kid, I aspired to have a Barbie body. When I was a impressionable ten year old, that was what I thought was the ideal female figure because it really makes a difference. The Barbies, the toys you play with, it influences how you imagine yourself, how you're going to be in this world, for better or worse. I would say there's issues with how Barbies were shaped because as you and I were growing up, the quote unquote diversity in Barbies was never a physical difference, right? And it was pretty much like, here's a blonde Barbie or here's a brunette Barbie. Yeah. There was blonde Ken and brunette Ken. The Barbies were all white. There was not any sort of diversity or representation and their bodies all look the same. And I did also grow up with Barbie and I love Barbie because for me, playing with them was about role play and modeling. And, you know, I kind of like to be the boss of all my Barbies, right? (laughs) So leading to my current gig. But (laughs) yes, Barbie, however, I will say now that I am raising my child, I'm delighted with some of the changes that Barbie has made. And I think that really leads into your story. Absolutely. So the article that I chose to focus on on today's podcast, headline reads, Laverne Cox makes history as first trans Barbie doll. I mean, she's not actually a Barbie doll, but there's a new Barbie doll coming out, which is modeled on the actress Laverne Cox, who is a trans woman. And she's an American actress, Mm -hmm. really cool actress. I think that she's one of, she's just a, a sparkling actor. She's also an LGBTQ advocate, and she's the first transgender person to be nominated for a primetime Emmy Award in an acting category when she was nominated this year. And she is the first to be nominated for an Emmy Award since Angela Morley in 1990. So it's a symbolic gesture from Mattel to release this collectible Laverne Cox Barbie doll. It's in celebration of Cox's 50th birthday, which also happens to fall right before the start of Pride Month, which is now. June Mm -hmm. is Pride Month. It's a milestone. The Barbie is meant to give trans girls a doll that represents them, trans women. So there's something about a different type of doll, which is representative Mm -hmm. of a different type of woman that can lead to 
greater sense of representation. It's a the other Mattel tribute dolls include likenesses of Vera Wang, Maya Angelou, Ella Fitzgerald. So there is some interesting other dolls to go into the tribute collection. Anyway, I just thought this was an important thing to talk about because Barbies were so important in my young life. And it really does shape how kids who play with these dolls, they aren't all girls, think about the kinds of adult people that they want to be, especially in the face of the tremendous prejudice against trans people and the issues that are coming out in the world. Even though there's more acceptability than probably ever in history, it's still a very challenging time to be trans. Because it's just a challenging thing to not mm-hmm. end up identifying with the dominant norms. It, it, you have to go through a lot. Yeah, I, I think that the idea that the trans community can be supported and LGBTQ plus community in general can be supported with the toys that we play with, with the companies that we invest in, and even having that conversation early on with children is really interesting and fascinating. I know that right now Brennan is very much constantly asking if so-and-so is a boy or a girl, if so, and you know, and she's sort of vetting out gender identity herself, finding tools to have conversations that not all women look the same and not all men look the same and not everybody is the same. In fact, we're all very different, unique individuals is really powerful. So well done for Barbie on that front. I think another story that is similarly aligned with doing things differently than we have before. My headline reads, Germany to return to Namibia, ancient treasures it stole during colonization. Last year, Berlin's Ethnological Museum agreed to return its collection of Benin bronzes back to their rightful home in Nigeria. In a similar act, reflecting reconciliation with its own colonial history, Germany will soon return to Namibia, ancient treasures that it stole during its colonial rule. As a part of reconciling its own colonial history and moving toward reparations that Germany has agreed to pay Namibia back in 2021, the decision mirrors the European countries coming to terms with its role in the genocide against Namibian people between 1904 and 1908. Now, during that period, Namibia was part of German South Africa, a colony of the German Empire. A quote from the Ethnological Museum release says, the collections reflected colonial and in some cases extremely violent processes of appropriation. They also show the creativity and ingenuity of the Namibian people. Restitution consists of 23 ancient items of jewelry and other treasures that were taken between 1884 and 1915. In addition, Germany will pay 1.3 billion in reparations over the next 30 years. Returned artifacts were selected by Namibian experts and include the three-headed vessel, a doll dressed in traditional attire, and various hair accessories and spears. You know, this is something that Germany is doing to set an example for other countries to follow. The German museum's decision to return the looted Berlin bronzes back to Nigeria last year was followed by a similar move by the Met Museum. And this represents a large collection of metal plates and sculptures that decorated the royal palace in the kingdom of Benin. Other efforts to return looted artifacts include Brooklyn's museum decision to return a huge collection of 1,305 pieces back to Costa Rica. As part of reconciliations with more recent looting acts, the U.S. also announced that it would return more than 17,000 ancient treasures, including the Gilgamesh dream tablet, back to Iraq. What I think this is really interesting 
One, returning these collections to the original owners allows those original owners then perhaps to make a traveling collection so that you can continue to educate communities around the world. I know that growing up, being able to see treasures from all over the world when I would go to local museums is part of what stimulated my creativity and desire to travel. So what I think returning these collections allow is for them to then be an asset of the home where they were originally created and then allow economics to sort of channel through. What I hope doesn't happen is that nobody ever gets to see any of these things because not everybody's going to get to travel to Namibia, but instead that then Namibia is empowered in a way to allow that collection to travel throughout the world and garner benefits from that collection. Well, also moving away from that, the colonialism era, where there's this idea that the European overlord had a right to be the owner and possessor of these artifacts and then the filter through which the world got mm-hmm. to experience the Namibian or the whatever the colonial location was is interesting. It's sort of this is another stage in right. unwinding colonialism. Exactly. exactly. Which is going to take a long time to do. But if Namibia or Costa Rica or Iraq is given the respect to have control over artifacts which came from their mm-hmm. uh, history, then you're right. Then if the traveling collection is moving around and teaching the world from a Namibian perspective or a Costa Rican perspective about that country's history, that area's history. I think that's interesting. Right. But it it provokes an interesting conversation about colonialism Mm -hmm. and the evils of it. And how do we rectify that history without losing sight of the fact that it's so fascinating to learn how people in different regions of the world evolved and different styles of of living. Yeah, my favorite education, you know, formal education classes were always art history because that was to me where I could learn most about another culture. And I know that many of those art history classes relied heavily on the colonialization of, you know, how we had access to even have that art. So definitely interesting. I think this is a solution heading in the right direction as long as education can continue and it will continue with different sort of structures in the way that we tell the stories of the art that we find. Also, today on The Optimist Daily, we include, finally, a stylish, sustainable sneaker that doesn't break the bank. There is an LGBTQ plus hero delivering aid on the Ukrainian front line. Study provides relief for people experiencing disordered smells. And Australia appoints its first Indigenous Supreme Court judge. We've got a few other headlines that we are going to let you find on OptimusDaily.com. Christy, why don't you take us home? That's it for today. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Optimus Daily Update. We promise to keep sharing positive solution-based stories of ideas on how you can get active in helping make this world work better for more of us. You can help spread the Optimus Daily message by sharing our stories on social media, forwarding them to friends, leave us positive reviews on your podcast feed or wherever you're listening, Apple, Spotify, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the email that we send out every day, become an emissary, which means that you are a supporter. And for just $5 a month, you can help support the optimistdaily.com. Guys, thank you all for being here. Thank you for helping us keep this world an optimistic focused place. We are grateful for you. We promise we will be back tomorrow with more solutions.